0: review with steve martin
1: hello yes steve martin here and this time slovenian radio advertising consultant and copywriter lenja pap whose masters is in get this the semiotics of radio advertising and is now working to set up radio advertising bureau all over eastern europe welcome
2: hi steve hi
1: And Claire Bowen, a radio creative with an agency background, now charged with sorting out the standard of radio advertising here in Britain, in your role, Claire, as head of creative development at the RAB.
3: Yes. Hello, Steve. How's that going? So far, so good. I've only been in the job eight months, but I'm encouraging by work done so far.
1: And Lenyon, you're no uh, stranger to Britain yourself.
2: No, I'm not. I call it. Like, I call London my uh, third home. My second is Provence and my first is the only country in the world which has love in its name. That's Slovenia. (laughs) I wanted them to find out on their own.
1: And also this time we're going to reveal the four finalists in our competition to find and reward new British radio voice talent. It's very exciting and one of them is going to win a year's professional artist representation with Hobsons. We'll be revealing those four names a little bit later. But first, uh, Lenya, let's hear the audio you brought along.
2: Okay, it's the audio uh, for a sailing association where you can learn to sail.
1: And we're going to hear this in, in, in which language?
2: You're going to hear it in Slovenian. I want you to just listen and just be mesmerized by the interpretation of this uh, uh, of this artist, um, of the off voice, and then I'm going to translate it into English.
4: Gola, stopiš na palubo. Tvoje telo limoni na hvarsko sonce. Po dolgem času spet slišiš mir. <laughs> Ležeš na vročo palubo, a s malce zapeče. A ti vse prija, odpreš kozmopolitan, poljubiš od solnca zagreto ramo svojega dragega in si z ustnic poližeš sol. <gled> Zdaj veš, da je bila prava odločitel, da je moš upravil jadralni izpit pri nautiční šoli Ferdo Arnoš. Ferdo je res pravi morski volk. In ti nikdar več ne boš poljubila rame svojega dragega, ne da bi se spomnila tega vajnega prvega jadranja.
2: I wanted to show that you can make words um, the stars. Uh, I don't put audio, I don't put music, I don't put so many sound effects into all of my ads because I see radio ads as live stories and we don't have a soundtrack underneath our everyday situation. So I'm going to translate it for you now. It's not the off voice, obviously not a professional one, but just so that you get it. So this is how it begins. You step onto the deck naked and the lemon sun warms your body in a long long time you can finally hear silence you lay down ouch the wood is hot it stings you but you like it you open the cosmopolitan you kiss your husband's sunburned shoulder and lick the salt from your lips now you know it was the best decision to take the sailing course at Ferdo arnos and associates he is a true captain and you will never kiss your husband's shoulder again without remembering your first sailing holiday together so basically why i love this ad is because the visualization is really strong and i want people to i want listeners to get into the result of the product or service not the benefits not the characteristics but they're actually there uh on that sailing boat and this is why radio is beautiful
1: But even without knowing the translation, without knowing what that's about, it has a really enticing mood about it.
2: Yes. I mean, the semiotics is all about the different symbols that create different moods. For example, when I was doing semiotics of, let's say, a print ad, right? So for example, how do you How do you uh, show people a social distance between the viewer and the and the ad? Mm -hmm. For example, if you picture a human being on the ad from head up, then the social distance is really close. If you have it in the whole body, then you're really far away. Mm -hmm. But how do you do that in? In radio this is what I wanted to show how do you do it with audio and just one example is for example is whispering right if you if you hear a whisper in a radio ad that means that if somebody is whispering it has to be really close to you so that means that the social distance between the listener and the product is just really tiny and this is how you can create the brand value and the brand personality so it's just I love doing that with
1: audio. But I hear a lot of ads on the radio which are the opposite. The guy's kind of shouting. Yeah. What's going on there?
2: Um, I don't think they know much about love life then uh, because <laughs> I'm all about seducing and not screaming. Of course, I'm not talking about sex or erotic content, but I'm just talking about seducing with the power of the words and that are memorable and that are relevant for the listener.
1: What were you thinking when you were directing the voiceover on your script?
2: It's really funny um, that um, when I get voiceovers to the studio, I uh, make them read the script, but then I want them to tell it to me. And they have to put down the paper and then look at me and tell it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I I allow them, I even encourage them to use their own words sometimes instead of my words. Obviously not verbs, which are really important Mm -hmm. for me, but other, you know, words. And I just like for them to understand that they're talking person to person and that they just need to be really close
1: let's hear another piece of your work
2: right Uh, so this is a piece of work which just breaks my heart every time I hear it I wrote it for a pro bono charity project that I did in 2005 for a 3d ultrasound um, for babies so let's hear it first and then I'll tell the rest of the story
5: Noseča je 12 tednov. Vsaka njena in je namenjena malemu popku. Jaz pa še ne čutim ničesar. In počutim se tako prazno. Včeraj so šla na ultrazvok. Tukaj je leva rokica, tukaj nosek. So govorili, jaz pa na monitorju nisem prepoznal, kaj je dosti. Pa tako rad bi ga začutil bliže. Povedali pa so mi, da najsodobnejši ultrazvok, svojo izjemno kakovostno sliko in 3D prikazujemo tročička omogočiti obližino. Whenever I play this ad, I need to say that
2: that um there was this one father who called me up from the highway. He pulled he pulled. Up, down, what do he say? He pulled pulled off. And he said that he was crying like a baby because that was his story. I didn't know the father. But basically, the content of the ad is that, um, I'll just read it to you. She's 12 weeks pregnant. Her every thought is without baby. Me? I feel nothing yet. At the ultrasound yesterday, they explained, look, here's the left hand. And oh, here's the nose. But I couldn't recognize much and I so want to feel more connected to this little human being. Luckily, I can, and so can you. There is this new technology, a 3D ultrasound, that helps you see the baby in more detail and helps dads be a part of the experience. Let's all step together and donate such a 3D ultrasound to the Postojna Maternity Hospital as part of the national charity project Babies are Hubs of the Universe. Please send the word HUB to 1919 and donate one euro. Thank you. So now you know the story. I made five different ads. Uh, this is one of the most known Slovenian actors, and he's a dad. He's, on, he's also a dad, so I wanted his authentic story. And uh, basically, the ads ran on 69 radio stations. I persuaded 69. Uh, radio owners out of 80 owners to give me free advertising for 10 days. I had 15 radio ads every day, because it's a short term uh, radio campaign. And I wanted to have a very, uh, very distinct call to action. And that is sending text messages. Because first, I wanted to make this project or reality to really get that much money. But on the other hand, I wanted to show Slovenian radio stations and owners that radio is such an effective advertising medium and I could show it with results. I was petrified, uh, petrified when it started running because I didn't know how much money we'll get but in 10 days we got 50,000 euros just uh, from radio ads they wanted to give me tv ads print ads and I said no I just want to show that radio can do it on his own and so we did so it's it I wrote five different stories just reflecting different uh, situations when it comes to babies and pregnancy so one was a mother one was a friend one was a grandmother and this so yeah it was really nice
1: and do, do you always have a sense when you're producing work of how effective it's going to be before it hits the, hits the air or are you sometimes surprised?
2: I am. I was completely surprised by this. I knew that it was a strong story. We had a good cause, right? And I don't know, I just, it started on the 10th of January on my birthday. I was so scared but it was one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever given myself or anybody.
1: I'd like to ask you how much British radio have you had a chance to listen to, and what do you think to the standard of radio advertising in Britain?
2: Oh, uh, radio advertising in Britain and the RAB have been that—that that was my biggest teacher. When I came here in 2003, I—I—I uh, I, I, uh, I met and, Andrew Ingram and he invited me to the RAB. We did a lot of work together, and this was my inspiration. Andrew uh, Douglas MacArthur and his story, what he did with the RAB, and everything has always been one of the key slides on every presentation I had where I wanted to set up the RAB. So this is actually the hub of my love for radio.
1: Excellent. We're going to hear more from you a little bit later, Lenya. Thank you very much for showing your audio uh, with us uh, right now, today.
3: Great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobsons.
1: And I've just stepped outside to meet Kate Cocker, who's here now. Hi. Hello. And you've been following the shortlisted contestants in the Hobsons Voice Search competition. Mm. How did you find them?
6: They've all been wonderful. They've just been, they've been really open to being talked to they've they've come they've told me their stories I know all their background I'm really excited of putting it all together and 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 showing you where they have come from because you know a lot of the personal stuff doesn't come out in the sessions that they've been doing through the day so it's actually quite nice to hear their stories and and where they've come from and it's been really really nice they've just been really fun and really open with how they felt about each part and it's interesting hearing what they've in what specifics in each round that they've they've enjoyed
1: and we're going to hear the first of your three special reports later in this podcast. Yeah. What can we look forward to?
6: Uh, probably lots of doors banging in the background, that kind of <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, the, the first, we've, we've separated each of the programmes, or I've separated each of the programmes into three parts So per round. So this first round will be um, the BBC Cross Trails experience, where James Stodd has um, got them to do narrative Trail, so it's really it's a really lovely start to the day it's really lovely kind of gauging how they feel in the whole experience and throughout the podcast i've, tr- I've uh, throughout the programs i've tried to sort of bring in other voices as well so you'll hear from the judges you'll hear from um hobson's as well and um not only are you going to hear about their journey but also you'll find a little bit about kind of what it's like to be a voiceover how people direct that's been really interesting hearing how different people direct that's been really good so you'll get a bit of that a bit of real reality audio as well
1: excellent well that's all to uh, look forward to later in the podcast so we'll meet the contestants and hear from you as well thanks Kate
6: no worries looking forward to it
1: she's not allowed in here Uh, let's talk to Claire Bowen now Claire you're with the RAB as uh Head of creative development and working with a lot of agencies to improve the standard of their work?
3: Yes. To date, RIB have had a great relationship with advertisers and with media agencies and have done a great job persuading them why radio should be on the media plan and continues to be there um, in a digital age. So far, however, we haven't had much of a dialogue with the creative community. So I work. As you say, with creative agencies, I go to them showing them good examples of creative work, reminding them why it's important, and trying to identify some of the issues and barriers they have with the medium and find solutions um, so that there is a better creative product and a greater care given to writing radio ads. It may not have the glamour of a massive uh, TV shoot with a million-pound budget, but it has a simplicity and a craft and absolutely a cut-through, which you simply can't get on other media. And the other thing I do is have a relationship with the DNAD. Now, DNAD are an awards and educational body, so I work with them again to promote radio as um, a medium for creative expression. Audio has got an incredible emotional power, and listening to the examples that Lenny played just now, it, they're absolutely testament to what you can achieve through the power, the power of sound. There's a phrase that's banded around very much in the industry, which is called the theatre of the mind. Um, it's, it's a cliche, but it continues to be true. You can shut your eyes, you can't shut your ears. Your imagination takes you to places that you simply don't reach if you're watching TV or seeing something on, on a screen. Um, so it's incredibly liberating in that sense.
1: Of course, everyone who listens to this podcast loves radio through and through. And you know, <laughs> given that of the population of of Britain listens to radio every week. Why is it that agencies have such trouble with it?
3: There are many answers to that question, Steve. I think um, one of the main issues I notice is that radio is considered to be a medium that you can turn around quickly. Mm. Um, That is a strength of radio and it's good. But actually, as with any good creative product, it needs a bit of time and sometimes a little extra money to make it as optimum as it, as it can be. Um, I think sometimes advertisers aren't prepared to, uh, or don't appreciate that that is the case. Um, my sense also is that a great proportion of um, advertising time on air is dedicated to tactical advertising. I'd love to see advertisers investing in the medium to build their brands.
1: So what are you saying to the agencies to try and turn, move things in that direction?
3: Yes, I... Um, you use radio for brand building it can do that very effectively and, and pretty cheaply one ad that springs to mind that's a great example of, uh, of audio is um, the Honda Power of Dreams campaign by Widen and Kennedy's now they just have a, a great voiceover, and they were able to do multiple executions on radio where they could only afford to do one on TV so um, it's it, it widened the campaign by using the radio to amplify, amplify it
1: it's Garrison Keillor's voice, isn't it? Rich and just s- yes. soothing as well.
3: Yes. If you ever had anyone want to give you bad news, it would be him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well let's have a listen now to uh, some audio that you've brought along and the first of these is um, a potentially quite difficult subject.
3: It is, it is on the subject of prostate cancer, not something people like to talk about um, and the principal character in this you may may well be familiar with is Ricky Gervais. Um, it's one of my favourite ads of all time. It's, um, it's a known fact that lots of comics today started their careers on radio either with the bbc or on commercial radio um ricky and stephen much World on, on xfm for mm-hmm. example um but i love the way they use their their comic skills to great effect in this ad to do a, a
5: real piece of good
7: come in Right. Ah Mr Pilkington and how are we today?
5: Yeah I'm alright doctor yeah I've just uh, come for me check up.
7: Okay then pop your pants off. What? Just pop your pants off Oh, I've got
5: to take my pants off.
7: Well because I have to pop my finger up your um, well, me what? to check your prostate gland. Don't worry about it. Well I am worried about it because prostate cancer kills ten thousand men every year in Britain. You can check that out if I get any symptoms. Well there aren't always symptoms and symptoms do vary from man to man, so the best way to check it out well, is, well, is I just pop my I, finger up I, there, I'm, there I'm really and happy have a with feel. This. Just Don't worry actually. about
5: it. Is that it? Yeah. It's not
4: that bad. Oh. I don't know why he was worried. You probably saved his life there. Does he have to be here?
7: He's just a mate. Don't worry about him. He's just
4: watching
1: watching me at work. For more information, visit the Prostate Cancer Charity website. Real men know all about it. Watching me at work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My father was a doctor, and I really hope this kind of practice didn't happen um, in his surgery. Um... I think with this ad, it couldn't work on TV. The reveal at the end when you realise there's a third person and it's not as appropriate and as worthy and as good as you think is a great twist in the tale at the end. And to tell this in 40 seconds, it's it's entertaining and it's informative um, and it can save lives and that's what advertising at its best can do. And there are several great examples in the UK of advertising um, from from charities or from COI about public awareness. Um, And radio is a great meaning to do that, cost-effective as well.
1: There's a lot of copy points that got away in the middle of that as well. And I'm interested that that's that's a 40. So how difficult is it to persuade advertisers to to spend the extra on an extra 10 seconds, particularly at the moment when the economy is not great?
3: It it is it's a hard argument to have because obviously clients are commercially driven um, and they want value for their money but if you look at commercials that have been successful at dnad or at can or at the campaign big awards those ones in the 40 60 second category do tend to shine and as a listener i remember it and if i'm listening to a message about your brand i'm more likely to be receptive to it if it's done right and it's done well
1: and you're very lucky now at the rab well, so you're very lucky you're very smart now at the rab to have radio gauge there so you've got a bit of measurable data backing up your arguments
3: absolutely I think radio gauge is a fantastic tool it's a really good way to measure the effectiveness of your campaign um, we measure it against um, five eyes uh, a set of criteria um, whereby we ask listeners to um, who to listen to the ad um, and tell us what they think of it which I think is a very healthy thing to do it's very easy if you're um, the one who wrote the brief to measure it against your own company's objectives but Put, bringing listeners in and doing research in that sense it, it is incredibly effective what I've been glad to see over the time that I've been at the ROB is there has been a slight upward shift um, in the average radio gauge score and that coincides with an increased performance um, an increased uh, number of awards at, at Cannes this year so seeing a correlation between increased uh, creativity and a rise in effectiveness too that's a real holy grail for us
1: And, of course, Radio Gauge is now being used in many places around the world. Lenya, is it something that you can use in the places you're working?
3: Yes. Who doesn't want to use a
2: tool which can actually show a result of effectiveness, right, for radio? Radio is not a sexy medium. Radio doesn't bring much money on the table for agencies. And agencies don't know how to use it and are a bit scared of it. So when you show them the results, and with the Radio Gauge guys doing a great project with the rab and the rab south africa i just think it's amazing and i we did talk about it in barcelona of bringing it to ex-yugoslavia and those countries but we'll see for now how it goes but i would love to have them there
1: claire you brought some more audio
3: i have now this is it's another comic piece actually um and it's for sky box office now One thing that I often hear back from creatives is that we've got so much information we need to get into this ad. How do we do that in an engaging way so that it's remembered, so that um, people take it away? And I don't want to repeat lots of stuff, but obviously that's a great way of getting it through. I think this is an extremely well-structured conceit. There were several ads that ran like this, um, but this is my favourite.
4: Right, I'm thinking of a movie now showing every 30 minutes on Sky Box Office. Gangster movie. Fire away. <laughs> nice. It's a British movie, stars Daniel Craig, about this guy who doesn't consider himself a gangster, looking to get out of gangster ring. Right. Right, it's the icing on the cake for Brit gangster flicks. So it's pretty full on. Correct, it's an intensely flavoured thriller. Why are you talking it's about It's got this? proper tasty action. Tell me what you mean. Well, the film title is A Type of Pudding. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Big British gangster movie now showing on Sky Box Office. Symbol to order, straight from the sofa. Name of the movie is the name of a pudding. Uh-huh. Think gangsters, think desserts. Uh, duh, gangster duh, pie, duh, criminal flan. Mm-hmm blood
2: forest ghetto it's
4: layer cake it's layer cake
5: blood forest ghetto shame on you
4: layer cake now showing on sky box office where movies come first sky digital subscribers only conditions apply
3: potentially people like sky entertainment providers end up having to do very lengthy terms and conditions as well That's worth pointing out and i think they manage to the way they deliver the terms and conditions on that ad don't spoil the spell that's been made throughout the ad mm. um it's informative it's funny um and because it's about an entertainment brand it is inherently entertaining and that's what radio can do extremely well.
1: Claire I'm interested that all the examples that we've we've heard and you've spoken about are working with big national brands big name stars but of course a lot of radio advertising is sold and made locally how is the work that you're doing at the RAB going to cascade down to to small local stations?
3: I hope that what the work we're doing at the RAB will achieve is set A raised benchmark for local radio. Of course, I appreciate that not everyone has the same budgets as Sky or or, um, of a huge advertiser like Unilever or or Procter and Gamble or what have you. But I think that if we have a really solid handful of contemporary, um, powerful, effective case studies, then that will raise the expectations of clients and what they will be happy to buy or not. I suspect at the minute there's. There's a bit of a workmanlike approach to the way that radio is briefed and, and sold in and bought in, in that we don't think it can ever really be brilliant, but will make do if it ticks off all the boxes on our brief. Now, I want radio advertising to be outstanding and to be fun, to be entertaining. I want it to be that yeah, people uh, people look forward to looking at the ads, like they used to say about TV when I, when I was a kid. That, that would be a fantastic thing for me. So I hope that this will set a a showcase up there that will benefit um, the whole of the commercial radio industry.
1: Well Lenya and Claire we're going to hear the audio that has inspired you a little bit later on Um, but first we're going to turn our attention to the Hobson's voice search competition because we have a very important process to conduct here. We need to reveal and announce the names of the four shortlisted contestants. How exciting is that?
3: Very exciting. <laughs> Shall I open these envelopes?
1: Yeah, okay. these, are, these are four, as you can see, they're four golden envelopes that yes. we have before us yes. and there is one name in each of the envelopes. Mm-hmm. So, um, Claire, would you like to open the first one? I
3: will. <laughs> Mark Humes.
1: Congratulations, Mark Humes, for getting through to the final four. Uh, Lenya, your turn.
2: Yes. Golden envelope.
1: It's so golden and shiny. It
2: is, and the gold will shine on. Jamoke Ogunkoya.
1: Jamoke Ogunkoya. Congratulations, Jamoke. You're through to the final four. It's Claire's turn now. Two more to go.
3: Number three is Scott Fraser.
1: Scott, well done. You're through. And there's one more place. And Lenya's
2: gonna reveal who it is. We'll say thank you to his mother or her mother. It's Seifa. How do you, Can we do it again? I, why do I get all That's the me. names? How would you read it?
1: That's a bit rich from someone called Lenya Pat.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and who's the fourth name?
2: So who's going to say thank you, mummy? This is for you. It's Sefa Nikki.
1: Hey, congratulations, Sefa. So Sefa Nikki, uh, Scott Fraser. Jamoke Ogunkoya and Mark Hooms are our four finalists. Congratulations guys. And we're gonna find out how they got on right now uh, with Kate Cocker who has this disturbing report.
6: Hello, I'm Kate Cocker and this is the final of the Hobson's Voice Search 2012. Four contestants vocally battling it out over three rounds to win one prize. A 12-month artist representation contract with voiceover talent agency Hobson's. I will be following the finals of the search for you for the next three months of the Earshot Creative Review podcast. Let's begin then and find out who will win the Hobson's Voice Search 2012. We're rolling whenever you're ready. One, 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 one Lovely, thank you. You can hear everything OK? Yes, I can. Yeah.
4: Awesome. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers.
6: Over the last few months, hundreds of voiceover demos have been whittled down to a final four contestants. Those four now are to take part in the finals of the Hobson's Voice Search 2012. And you're going to hear them being put through the challenges faced by every voiceover artist in the modern day. They'll be asked to use their voices in different ways. They'll be asked to sight read, for example. And for some of them, this is the first time they'll have been put into that professional voiceover situation and been directed for the first time. So here they are, your final four.
8: Hi, my name is Sifa, I'm 27 years old, I live in South East London, I am a presenter, I'm also a DJ as well, and I'm a manager at a radio station as well. Assistant manager, let me not let my manager hear that. (laughs) How would you describe your voice? I think it's quite husky, quite deep for a woman sometimes as well, yeah. And I can sound quite young if I put my mind to it as well.
7: Hi, I'm Scott Fraser. I'm from the People's Independent Republic of Geordie Land, or Newcastle upon Tyne, as most of you call it, and I'm 38. I've almost been an actor for 25 years now, even though nobody's heard of us, apart from me.
6: So how would you describe your voice?
7: Uh, I would say regional, bright and powerful, yeah. I think I can uh, I think I can shout a bit.
0: My name's Jumaike Okunkaya. I'm 22 years old and I am from nigeria but i am located here milton keynes and how would you describe your voice then um i would describe it as bubbly warm husky yeah those three mainly
9: hi i'm mark humes i'm 26 years old and i'm originally from southend on sea in essex but currently living in london I also do a lot of presenting around the country. I do uh, conventions. I've done a couple of TV shows for online for PlayStation uh, and, and things like that. I've also done a, a little few little bits and bobs of little indie theatre here and there, um, a little bit of Brighton Fringe and Linfield Arts Festival and stuff like that, really. So I think that my voice is most like... I kind of always refer to myself as the geek next door, kind of kind of a little bit cheeky, a little bit sarcastic, and uh, quite quite energetic as well, I think.
6: So there they are, the final four. Sifa, Scott, Jamoke and Mark, they have three rounds to get through. Round one, the narrative trail. Round two, the commercial read. Round three, imaging. Three rounds, three different styles and there will be one winner. And believe me, Scott, Mark, Jamoke and Sifa all want to win a lot. Gosh, it means a lot. Uh, Like... Honestly, a
0: lot. It's so, it's something that I want so much. It's a one life sort of opportunity in a way, you know. Being signed up to, you know, an agency that is well known, you know. It's just something amazing I can't even explain to be honest I'm just I'm lost for words to be honest but it's everything to me
9: I would very much like to win because it would be such a big opportunity for my career it would give me a unique opportunity that I it would be very hard for me to get just starting out the gates Um, and yeah it would make a huge difference to my career I think having somebody like Hobson's choose me as their voice search for 2012 I think that that's a big big credit to your name and I think that that means a lot of people will be looking at you and saying okay well let's get this guy in so yeah that's big 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 deal big deal
8: a brand new experience a brand new something to add to my thread of radio voice over life it's another little thing to add to the whole voice thing Use use of my voice basically are you quite ambitious very
7: it would mean the world to me for for personal reasons uh, my mum passed away two years ago and uh, i was doing a i was doing a play in newcastle and uh, she passed away on the opening night. And the last thing she said to me, because I said I wasn't going to go anywhere, I was going to stay with her, and, and she said that uh, she tried to say no, go and do the play. So I've, I've wanted to kind of have a, a, a level of success that I thought she deserved to see. But if the best voiceover company in the country thinks that I'm good enough to work with them, then I can't think of a better definition of success than that. Wherever she is, it would be, I'd, I'd think, see, ma, I did it. I got there in the end. So that's what it would mean to me.
6: Yeah, these guys want this a lot. Before I take you through what happened in round one...
5: It's time to meet the judges!
6: Oh, come on, it was begging to be done.
3: Here they are.
1: I'm Steve Martin, I'm the editor of Earshot Creative, the website and the Earshot Creative Review podcast.
3: Hello, I'm Claire Bowen and I'm Head of Creative Development at the Radio Advertising Bureau. I'm Joe McCrosty and I'm Head of Creative at Global Radio. My name is
0: Anne Dawson, I'm the Client Service Manager at Hobson's and, um, oh yes, I'm also a judge, most important bit.
6: <laughs> Yeah, okay. They may not be quite the scary bunch, but they know what they're looking for and they know what's required from their voiceovers. They're excited and they're ready for whatever our final four in this competition have to offer. So, to round one Jamoke, Sifa, Mark, and Scott found themselves in BBC Television Centre on the day that Strictly Come Dancing was filming its launch. Amongst all the glitter and sparkle, and the slight hope that you might see Bruce Forsyth in a lift, they came to a studio with cardboard cutouts of Daleks, Wallace and Gromit, and then there was this guy, ready to set them on their task.
4: Hello, I'm James Stodd, BBC Radio Cross Trails producer. I'm uh, looking after the session today. We're doing a narrative session where we are recording a trail for a BBC4 documentary about Shakespeare. Uh, So quite different from everything else they're going to be doing today. It would be uh, transmitted on Radio 4, so we've got to have the tone of voice for Radio 4. Uh, So very conversational, definitely not selling the programme, but definitely not too serious, just very sort of inclusive and quite a challenging script, actually.
6: What are you expecting from them?
4: I don't know, actually. It would be interesting to hear uh, what the, the range of voices is and uh, what background they're from and how much experience they have, if any, and particularly how well they take direction and uh, how they sort of cope with the nerves... And how they um, how they sort of cope with the room for other other people as well.
6: Scott Fraser bit so, the bullet I mean, you and make, you went first. So I can hear it, or through so, can, so, you,
7: so you, I can just it. it as
6: well. It
7: was really fun. It was really really fun. It was. Uh, I thought at first, oh, this is going to be really nerve wracking going first. I'm going to get a bit really nervous. But um, the it's it's surprisingly intimate. Even though you're, you're separated by soundproof glass, you do feel like it's just you and the engineer. So even though everyone was listening and uh, you know around the corner, I felt I felt next I felt Monday, good Monday about it.
4: On BBC Four, so just Monday
7: night
4: at nine, uh, or equally we can do next Monday at nine. Actually, you can cross through the night if you want as well, okay. because usually we end up dropping night. So next Monday.
6: Then Happy, it was Mark Hughes. Yeah,
4: let's uh, let's just give it a read through sure um, it was
9: good it was very uh, it' was very challenging but it was a good start I think it's kind of woken everybody up and, and everybody's ready for the next stuff I think
6: and um, what about you how did it feel it's the first time you've done anything like that really isn't it
9: yeah it's the f- especially doing any of the narrative stuff and working with a you know a producer who's worked on on documentary and, and narrative work before a um, little bit intimidating but fun at the same time I enjoyed it I learned a lot from it as well you learn a lot about okay this needs to be like this right Put pauses here and, and you just You get a feel for it And that was really exciting Yeah that was really good I enjoyed it It was challenging
4: But uh, good Not too much of it again But it's just It's it's as important as intrigue Mm -hmm. But the thing with Radio 4 reads Is you're not trying to um, You're not trying to tell the, (laughs) The audience what to think
6: so cool. after Mark Jamoke Ugunkoya, well, you know what she said to yeah. call her Jay in the end. So Jay picked up the mic, walked yes, really. in the studio, nice and went you for her take. To
4: find out more about it, really. So, yeah. Uh, and and don't throw away that age of intrigue and vice. You know, just you can set it very slightly. It was great.
0: It was amazing. Like I sat in there and I started to get um, a bit nervous because I was like, oh my gosh. Because you know when you just realise what you're actually doing, and I was just like, oh gosh, okay, just keep calm, just keep calm. And it was, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, I just took it all in and just it was quite a serious sort of message but like at the same time it, you couldn't let it be too serious and I think I got a bit like too serious because of the music and everything it was just a bit like ah yeah, right BBC4
4: and a playwright perfectly poised to capture That's it cool. all okay. you, can, you can pause after the poised as well if you want alright thanks
6: it's Monday at 9 on BBC4 and finally Super Nicky very nice
4: um, I think the, the line I the first two lines uh, the ones you just want to just On BBC now. Four and everything yeah, just, yeah. just, just, I mean, It was quite good there, actually just, just do another one. I was a bit yeah. nervous When I saw the
8: script drama drama I thought Oh god, toys. I'm as common as they come I'm definitely not going to get through this But no, it was alright, it was really good And what did you take from it, what did you learn? That when I put my mind to it I can actually sound not as common as I usually sound And I can pronounce my T's When I put my mind to it I was a bit apprehensive about going last. I didn't plan to go last at all, but I know I didn't want to go first. And I thought I want, want to go second, but you know, so last wasn't bad, and I think know. I did it quite quickly as well. <laughs> Annie made a really nice comment about me being good for BBC Three,
4: so I was quite happy about that. territory, and to, you know, to be fair, you know, you're the sort of voice we'd use for a BBC Three thing, and not necessarily for this, but actually there's nothing wrong mm. with doing this sort of thing. So I think on, on, uh, on BBC Three... Do you know, I was
6: watching you in the studio, and I thought, she's not writing anything down. How is she remembering this? And you were just going, yep, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I thought, if, I wish I had a pen right now,
8: because I've actually forgotten what he said. But I, do you know what, I just thought, do you know what, I know where I went wrong, and I sort of knew how he wanted it to sound. I could even hear when doing it where I thought, oh no, I could definitely do that one again.
4: you were sort of throwing it away. Jacobean, yeah. yeah. Where, whereas when you did a Jacobean history, it was absolutely right. So, uh, if it was already a four audience, we would want to say it the right way. So we we'll just um, just do it one more time. But I think we've got everything we need, just in two takes.
6: And after all the contestants had had their turn, I asked James what he thought.
4: I was really surprised, actually, how well they took to it and how easily they took direction. Um, it was it was it was obvious that some of the voices were more suitable to this sort of read than others. But then I'm guessing some of the voices will be more suitable to the the commercial sale and others, and even the the imaging stuff as well. So they'll all get different things out of it, I think. Um, with all of them. You know, we did a few takes with the music, and then we did a couple without. Uh, a couple of them we had to sort of stitch it together from individual lines from other takes, whereas one of them was pretty much, you know, the whole take was just a, a different take for the end line. Um, it doesn't really matter, I mean, these days, because it's so easy to, to do these things. You know, certainly when we're we're making things, we'll sit and do that in the session sometimes, or we'll just know we've got the right takes. You know, I I, th- I think these guys did really well and um you know i think we've got a, a promising four you know to to sort of take through the rest of the day and it's going to be quite a hard hard decision to make who's who's going to be the best best on the day and i think it's going to be i think one will may well be better at what we've done here but then someone else may be better on the other on the other end so actually what we end up with is going to be quite quite a challenge
6: yeah challenge indeed but it's not up to james it's not up to me and it's not even up to you sorry It's up to the four judges and their job begins at the end of round three when they'll have had the chance to assess the skill level of all four finalists in full. Their decision will determine the winner of the Hobson's Voice Search 2012, the search for new voiceover talent. In the next Earshot Creative Review podcast, I'll be telling you the story of the final four and their experience at global radio. Joe McCrossey and Dan Ackers get the guys to read a radio advert, the dreaded commercial read. Now, I'm telling you, I got there, they handed me a script so I could see what they were going to be doing and my chin hit the floor. It was not easy and the contestants had no idea.
8: Quite excited and not nervous anymore about this round and I think this round's going to be a little bit easier because we're not doing it
6: in front of everybody. So, yeah. They haven't briefed you yet. I know what you've got to come.
8: Oh, God, should I be nervous?
6: Um, I think it's just oh, going to be a bit different to what well, everyone's no, expecting. It's a lot, Kate, because now my palms are sweating and... I, I, do you know what? I wish to speak to you right now. You can hear how Scott, Mark, Jamoke, and Seifer got on in round two next month as we get one step closer to finding the winner of the Hobson's Voice Search 2012. To finish, then, here's what they sounded like in round one. Scott.
7: On BBC4, an age of intrigue and vice.
5: No one had ever lived through anything like this. Mark.
9: A king with a talent for drama and a playwright perfectly poised to capture it all.
5: There
3: were no newspapers in Shakespeare's day. There was only gossip and theatre. Jim OK. How did
0: Shakespeare shine in the dark shadows of the Jacobean era?
3: For Shakespeare, this was a rare opportunity to see the workings of power and diplomacy up close, to be witness to history. Cifa.
8: Shakespeare unlocked The King and the Playwrights A Jacobean History. Next Monday at 9 on BBC4.
1: Well, they did uh, very well there, didn't they? And next month we will be meeting them again. We're going to be finding out how they get invoicing an ad and that will be at Global Radio and it'll be an insurance ad. That's next month on the Earshot Creative Review.
3: The Earshot Creative Review. Sponsored by Hobsons. Say hello, Hobsons, at hellohobsons.com.
1: My guest this month are Claire Bowen from the RAB here in Britain and Slovenian radio advertising consultant and copywriter Lenya Pap. Lenya, what have you brought along that you would say has inspired you in your work?
2: Uh, one of the radio people that I truly adore is Dick Orkin and uh, from the famous Radio Ranch. And I chose this ad because it just shows his passion for storytelling for real life stories and for just amazing copywriting that emphasizes visualization, which is perfect. And uh, I'll go deeper into the content when we hear it. Uh, hi, I have the window seat there Oh,
5: well I can't move, just crawl over me (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'll just That's a handsome carry-on bag you have Thanks,
2: I got it at the luggage center Yeah,
5: if I bothered with luggage, I'd probably pick one up myself
2: Well, but you have a
3: suitcase though
5: Oh no, everything I'd put into a suitcase, I'm wearing What? I have on socks and underwear for a week, seven shirts, three slacks, PJs, a blazer, a robe, this pair of shoes tied around my neck, and the pair of shoes I'm wearing Well, aren't you uncomfortable? Excruciatingly But I never have to worry about packing a suitcase again
2: Well, (laughs) see, the luggage center has free how-to-pack seminars, everything Mm -hmm. you're wearing is packed nice and neat in this carry-on bag.
5: Wow. Say, could you hold my coffee up to my lips? I can't bend my arm.
2: Oh, sure. And the Luggage Center has a huge selection of brand names at the lowest guaranteed prices, and you are really, really sweating. Yeah,
5: I lose about seven pounds a trip.
2: You know, you should try the Luggage Center. They promise to make your next trip better. Mm -hmm.
5: I'll do that. Oh, listen, in an emergency, I can be used as a flotation device, so cling all you want. I'll cling. The Luggage Center will make your next trip better. Want to see how long I can hold my breath? That's it.
2: This is just unbelievable. Why? Because in this ad, everybody who's writing radio ads just think that you are the camera of your listeners, right? You are the one who who are directing their brain. And where were we? in an airplane, in the seat. We were thinking about the luggage, the luggage, the luggage, and that is connected with the brand. So the visualization was amazing. The wording was just beautiful. And you could actually, everybody saw a different guy, different clothes, and you could just bring your own story and your own feelings into this ad. So I just think this is you know amazing it's it will not win awards it is not in
3: you know it doesn't have big production values but it's just life any amount of creativity or in comedy um rely on a certain you have to suspend disbelief to an extent and the comedy from this commercial comes from its impossibility and it's, it's, it isn't ridiculous it it's an effective way to make you think about the brand and that's what yeah. that's what a radio ad has to do so yeah, yeah great great example
1: and finally, Claire, you've brought something along, which is a very tender and involving piece of radio.
3: Yes. Um, having spoken earlier about radio and comedy, um, which, of course, it does very well, this is something of a contrast to that. This was awarded at Cannes this year, and it's by Eardrum Australia. I think this is a fantastic example of um, sound production. It's slightly painful, I think, to listen to, um, but it absolutely makes you stop and think and listen harder and think, what can I do?
0: Um, The next track only works with earphones, so I'd put them on now. It kind of puts a bully in your head, then tells you how to stop them.
7: been avoiding me or something? Oh, button the pocket on your jacket.
4: <laughs> oh nice, phone oh, looks expensive. It's hey. beautiful phone, you wouldn't, really? you wouldn't want to drop something. Oh, oh, oh. My bad, my bad.
9: Is that a, is that a, is that a little tear? you scared? <laughs> the bag. Oh,
7: you're Put way on the, the floor. floor. This is a
3: science project. Spent a lot of time with this one, haven't you? Well,
7: you put the bag on the loser's head? I
9: imagine picture of Nice and pretty. This is a little. of not Yeah, you do.
3: God, you stink. Did you
6: shit yourself or something?
7: You <laughs> looking a bit angry, huh? You want to hit me?
9: Smashed a little
6: weirdo. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Not my back, you loser, huh? This teacher can't. Quick,
7: tell anyone going to fucking get
5: you. Yeah, what
1: are you going to do about
3: it? What are you going to do about it?
0: Speak up.
2: Go to earphonebully.org.
1: Lenya, yeah, you're reacting to that.
2: Yes, it was just wow when I first heard it. I get had goosebumps, and um, I could just see the story unfolding. But the thing is that the technique they're used here is frame line magnetism, which means that they've given us a frame of the story, but the The elements the the power of the little sounds they just make us create our own endings and our own story uh of what was happening, who were these kids? how did they look? Where did it happen? What were the walls like? How big was the room it's just amazing that it involves you, and it can 't keep you not affected by it so i I just love it
1: and it sounds very real as well, yes. a huge dynamic range. In, in a sense, although clearly very carefully produced, kind of unproduced, very real.
3: Yes, very raw in some ways, and I think that is its cleverness. And absolutely, I think that's a great example of a brand speaking in an authentic voice. It does sound very real and involving to an extent that you do feel you're actually there watching it. It could be you in a cubicle um, in, a, in, a school, in a school toilet. Um, and then when the question is asked what are you going to do about it? There's a very, very clever blur about whether you're being spoken to as the bullied or, or as the witness. Um, so it's not a script-heavy piece. It's um, it's a, it's works like a sound installation almost, um, but very evocative and almost frightening to listen to it that closely.
1: And if that came on the radio in the middle of a music entertainment programme or even a talk show, you couldn't? Avoid stopping what you're doing and listening could you mm.
3: it's such a contrast to the usual tones of voice that you hear on radio be that from the DJs or or, or through um, comedy um, or co- comic effects in, in advertising um, and I wish I wish there would be more contrast in the in the tone of voice that you get in, in ads um, I think. It's like if you have five people shouting at you when you're walking down the street, in a market stall, and they're shouting out the same kind of things. You don't remember any of it, but if if they're different and distinct and individual, um, then then you're more likely to remember. Um, so, it's it's a challenge because stations are brands, and they have their own brand that they'd want they want to preserve and maintain. But equally, if an advertiser was paying for airspace, they have the right to express their tone of voice to make sure that their commercial message that they're paying to put on air and make sure that's heard.:
2: What I really loved what Claire just said is, you know that this is raw and that this is believable, and what I think radio ads should go back to, I call this when I
3: teach called Nostalgia, that they want they want to preserve and maintain, but equally I was paying for airspace, they have the right to express their tone of voice to make sure that their commercial message they're paying to put on air and make sure that's heard.
2: What I really loved,
3: what Claire
2: just said is, you know, that this is raw and that this is believable. And what I think radio ads should go back to, I call this when I teach called Nostalgic Marketing. What does that mean? It means that we're going back to humans talking to humans and radio ads and radio on air sometimes just forgets to be human. Uh, Advertisers would, would have such an easier time actually getting effectiveness out of it if they just wouldn't be constantly thinking, I need to be creative, I need to be heard, I need to be louder. You just need to be more relevant, full stop.
1: Because radio is the medium that gets closer to people than any other.
2: Of course, radio, through all of the research that's been done by the RAB, and I've done research for Slovenia and my own, uh, it says that radio is the only medium people call a friend. I mean, what is a greater way to start a relationship and just be human to human and not talk brand listener, but talk human, human, or as Claire said, a friend to a friend. That's it.
1: Lenya, it's been a great pleasure having you on the podcast this time. If people want to find out more about your work and your studies and your teaching, all your contact details are going to be at earshotcreative.com. But for now, thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Steve. And thank you for being such a great ambassador of radio.
1: And Claire, thank you as well for sharing the work you've been doing at the RAB and some of the work of your clients and your colleagues around the industry.
3: Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. And also, if you have an interest in audio and using it differently and how it can work um, commercially and beyond then please go to the dnad.org website and look at our inspired by audio page sponsored by the rab what's there you can find a whole wealth of things you can find interviews with people who work in radio you can find um, tips from musicians you can find um, interviews with sound engineers a debate about radio creativity it changed on a monthly basis so keep going back for more
1: now, before you go, I just want to ask, have you had your first Christmas party invitation yet, ladies?
2: It's the 20th of September. Yeah. Should I be
1: worried? <laughs> I
3: haven't <laughs> no. My Christmas diary's been booked up for about six months now, Steve. Oh, you're
5: <laughs> Such <lady>. a socialite. <laughs>
1: Well, listen, um, independent voice artists Posy Brewer and Della Phillips have organised a Christmas bash in London. They're calling it Voxmus. Do you see what they've done there? Uh, and they've invited all Earshot Creative Review listeners and indeed contributors along. Um, hurrah, there's a link to all the details at earshotcreative.com. Next time it will be October, I promise. And we haven't set anything up yet, so if you're doing great radio production work and you'd like to come on the podcast to share it, let me know as soon as possible. It could be you and your stuff right here. We'll also hear how our four shortlisted contestants in the Hobson's Voice Search get on, voicing an insurance ad complete with caveat terms read very fast at the end subject to status conditions apply. That's next time, but from Lenya, Claire, Kate and the contestants and me, Steve Martin, bye for now. And remember, Lenya, what's
2: your slogan? Radio is beautiful.
3: Notes, photos, links, and details of how you can be part of the Earshot Creative Review. Find us at earshotcreative.com.